Welcome to Replant Boot Camp, the Boots on the Ground podcast for replanters by replanters, with your host, Bob Bickford and Jimbo Stewart, here in the trenches with you doing the gritty and glorious work of replanting dying churches. This podcast is sponsored by 180 Digital, the church website and branding partner you need to help move your church forward. Stick around to the end of the podcast for a special offer from 180 for Replant Boot Camp podcast listeners only. Well, Bob, we're back at Replant Boot Camp, and guess what time it is? Uh, what time is it? It's time for you to share a stupid story, Bob. It's, <laughs> I shared a stupid story last time. Man, it was the best. It is now time for you to expose your stupidity. Thank you. If my grandma were listening, I would be in trouble for using the S word. Really? Oh, she hates <laughs> this word. She look. She she's so strict on how you say words. As a matter of fact, she doesn't allow you to say terrible twos when talking about children. Really? What do you have to say? Uh, just a wonderful two-year-old. Oh my god! Everything's positive and wonderful. <laughs> hey, that's not ever true in replanting. No, though. it's not. Some right? things are positive and wonderful. But here's the fun thing. You know who is my grandma's pastor? Who's that? Your buddy Josh King. Josh King. Josh King is my grandma's pastor, and so, so she's part of a second fam. Well, what's good is it's so that church is so big now it's one of the 100 fastest growing churches in america it's crazy conway right? arkansas in yeah. conway arkansas which is where a lot of my family's from uh-huh. so now i can just say that my grandma goes there and he has no idea who that is because yeah. there's so many people that go yeah. there but she's there she, he probably does know her because yeah. she's one of those ladies that you'll know when you meet her now it seems like is this the grandma that i saw some kind of article on where she like does she drive a car and give away stuff to people no so my grandma like legitimately i'm gonna brag on my grandma for a minute okay. my grandma is a computer genius okay she started building computers in the 70s for the state of Arkansas. Oh my gosh. Um, and she, about 10 years ago, switched from PCs to Mac because she had learned everything she could know about PCs. Switched to Mac. She built websites for 20 years now. That's amazing. She started a nonprofit organization that gets cars donated, fixes the cars up, and gives them to needy families and needy people. That's awesome. So yeah, she runs that organization. Wow. And she's in her upper 80s. Mm-hmm. Yeah, she's a she's a Spitfire man. She's awesome. She uh, she's one of the smartest people I've ever met in my life. Hmm. You never ever say around her, I don't know how to do that. Because you look, you want to talk resourceful generalist? <laughs> you will learn whatever you just said. I don't know how to do. We're stopping everything, and you're gonna learn it. Oh my you are gosh. not allowed to not know things. Well, <laughs> if I would have known her when uh, I was. Uh, Installing elders, I which we're about to talk about, <laughs> I would have probably done a much better job. I promise you, she has an opinion on how to do that. Well, okay, most grandmas have an opinion. <laughs> they do. So, why don't we jump off into uh, my topic of yeah. the stupid stuff that we've done and survived? All right, stupid stuff that we've done and survived, Bob Bickford edition. What did you do? I installed four elders that left within two years. Nice, nice. All, of, yeah. all four of them. So six, yeah. actually six elders. Four of which left. Uh, they resigned their elder position and then they left our church within the less than two years. Yeah, I'm, I'm not far off from you. <laughs> <laughs> I had I had three. Yeah, I had th- well, no, no, no. I had two and one that I was I was raising up to be an elder oh. that that left. So. Now let me let me start by saying this though. Each of those guys I love. Each of them are really good men. Um, yep. They're godly guys. There were just a lot of circumstances early on in my leadership and then also, I think, in our life as a replant that just conspired uh, my lack of wisdom and just kind of being stupid. Yeah. Um, all created to kind of this 
the situation where you install uh, six guys as elders and then four of them leave. Yeah. Um, and it wasn't six all at one time. It was like two. Yeah. And then two more. And and so um, yeah. and so it was kind of serious. So let me give you a little background on this. So went to replant a church in November of 2012, coming up on seven years here uh, pretty soon. And it was a church that had been in 40 plus years of decline. All of the strong leaders had left. And yeah. so we we just were in a leadership vacuum. It was it was. And speaking of vacuum, I think uh, on the bylaws episode I mentioned we had to change yes, our bylaws because of the vacuum. Now, yeah, I, I thought about that. <laughs> I was listening to that episode the other day again. And did you guys ever get? I mean, did you ever purchase the vacuum? Yeah, we did in Nova, in uh, December. But that the Acme Acme Janitorial Company is a, literally a company name called Ac- Acme. Acme, like uh, Wiley Coyote. Is, they, is it run by Wiley Coyote? It might be. It might be. But they were gracious enough to let you. They were. They were. Good, because we'd been the church has been a client, you know. Because I had in my head like that you guys just didn't vacuum <laughs> for like two months until yeah. you until you got a quorum. <laughs> yeah, no, no, no. So they were gracious. We just couldn't officially buy the vacuum. So right. they let anyway. We're, we're divergent. So yes. we needed the vacuum, and and that threw us into this. We've got to we've yeah. got to figure out how a different way to make decisions. So in your defense, this you know I'm sure you did lots of stupid things with this elder thing, but yeah. But man, early on, you're just like you're so desperate yes. to have other people helping shoulder the the burden and yeah. help make decisions and help lead. I think this is probably a temptation almost every single replanter that desires elders that sees that as the model. Yeah, uh, is is going to struggle with the same thing. And so let me let me caution by saying the guy who's as enthusiastic as you are uh, and as excited as you are about the replant. Yeah. That's good that he's excited, and it's good that he has enthusiasm. Those are not qualifications to be an elder. <laughs> right. But, but, but when no one else is excited. Yes, like it he feels, looks like an elder. It feels like that's enough. Oh, yes. Right? <laughs> it does. Like, are you happy what, to be here on Sunday saying, morning? Are you Are you still married this week? Are you, <laughs> you know, all those things. We, we get in this season where we, we've got to make a change in the way we make decisions. And... Uh, I had a, a group of deacons, and they were all older. And here, here's another thing that led to it. Like, so we did the Lord's Supper. I think at that time we did it every other month. Yeah. So I remember a couple of times we were supposed to have the Lord's Supper, and the deacons, for whatever reason, they're older and they couldn't make it to come do the Lord's Supper. Yeah. And so this happened a couple of times, and so I was like, okay, well, good grief, we've got to get one. We got to change the way we do Lord's Supper, and then. Secondly, we just got to get leaders who can lead, like and help pastor and shoulder yeah. the burden. So we determined that we were going to put a transitional governance in. And the first round of elders were not elders, but they were board of directors. It was kind of this transitional thing. Yeah. They could have qualified to be elders. And that's kind of the, the, the you know, we use the scriptures to kind of look through and to see yeah. this, this, kind, this is the kind of qualification. So they're basically what we're going to do is we're going to transition. We're going to uh, set aside the old bylaws do transitional bylaws, and we were going to have a board of directors that was made up of uh, four people. One was a chairman of the personnel committee. One was our director of missions, who was uh, a member of our church. Myself, I would serve on that. Two of the new guys who came with us to replant the church, we were going to have them be a part of it. Right. So again, good guys, nothing against them. What I didn't realize was that the crisis that had precipitated at the church that they were a part of, that we were all a part of, it was a a multi-site church. I was at a different location, a site location, and these guys were at one particular location. And both of them uh, had some frustrating things happen with the church, and they were kind of a little out on the, the church. Yeah. But they were willing to jump ship and come with me. That should have been my first sign that I should have probably tapped the brakes just a little bit. Yes. But I, I thought, you know what? 
They like me. They're friendly. Yeah. We've had lunch with them and their wives a couple times. We've been in their house. We've talked about life. We've talked about church stuff. We've done yeah. some things together. And I thought these are two guys that I think looking at everybody in the church, these are the two guys that kind of stand out. And so let's kind of put them in this board of directors position. Yeah. The first one made it to one meeting, I think. And then we had to make a staff transition. And then we had some uh, unfortunate situations that kind of cropped up between spouses and some misunderstandings and expectations and things like that. So he just, there was kind of a big blow up. And that's another thing we can unpack at, at a later date, not on this podcast. And so he stepped down. Yeah. And then by stepping down, then said shortly after that, after we kind of worked through some of that and reconciled, said, you know what? I think we're going to need to take a break from the church for a while. <laughs> so <laughs> it was like, all right, I'm in. Um, we made a staff transition. Yeah. Then we had this giant conflict between our families. And then um, he stepped off the board of directors. And then it was like a week later, okay, we're going to take a break from the church. And then ultimately, I remember some, sometime I, he ended up leaving the church. Yeah. Uh, so swing and a miss. On yeah, that, and yeah. then another guy stayed with me for a while, and uh, again, there was some. Hi- I knew some history previously that had gone on with the previous church and this this guy and one of the staff members, and I didn't pay enough attention to that to go. Yeah, you know what? So there's a good likelihood that that will repeat with me. This and is it- one of the hard things that I think for our newer replanters out there listening to this, and they think, "Man, I need elders, I need a board of directors, I need leaders, or whatever you want to call it." You get so desperate. The temptation is to lower the standards, yeah. to not vet as hard, yeah. because it's like there's this empty hole, and you think like if I don't if, if I don't fill that hole with somebody else, I got to do everything. Yeah. Like, and I, I can't. I'm gonna. You're. You feel like you're gonna burn out, and so there comes this real temptation to just fill the hole. Yeah. And I get that, but man, that can blow up in your face sometimes. It sure can, and and I think that. What was so hard for me, looking back on this one, is I think I felt used by uh, both of those guys. Yeah. In situations, so and I, I like I'm a I've got a lot of power tools and I like to woodwork and I know you're handy with the chainsaw apparently <laughs> and uh, <laughs> so you know over time I've just always enjoyed doing that. Well, both of these families and you know interestingly enough had home improvement projects going on and there were often Saturdays when I when I could be working on my own house or you know working on a sermon or do something well I'd be over at uh, one of these two guys houses helping yeah. them with their house and, yeah. and so I think that that I, I felt like our relationship was of a certain nature that that would was reciprocal yeah and it really wasn't and so the second board of director invited me to lunch one time. We, we'd often go. We had this uh, Taco Tuesday joint that we would go to. So we went and grabbed tacos and had kind of a normal conversation. And at the end of the conversation, he said, well, I just need to let you know we're leaving the church. It's kind of out of nowhere. I'm just thinking, okay, um, here's the second leader yeah. that is stepping away. And this this might have been four to six months in, in you know, since the other one left. Yeah. It was so hard because... I felt like here's another person that I've invested in who have been who have helped with their life and yeah. walked them through some some pastoral things yeah. and he's walked with me through some leadership things and it man it was uh it was it was really hard. So another swing and a miss and I'm just thinking okay, I'm a little gun shy. So we took a break. Yeah. Just had the board of directors for a while and we're working on, you know, uh, we were making decisions, we were able to vote for the vacuum cleaner. We were able to, you know, make some things happen. So a couple other guys came to the church after these two had departed. Um, so we regrouped and we started a process. So I thought, okay, we're going to get it right this time. Yeah. 
So we started Elder Process. We were reading through the Elder Book by Nine Marks. You know, we were looking at uh, Shepherding Leader by Timothy Whitmer and some different things like that. And so I kind of designed this Elder Process. Yeah. And scheduled meetings. Okay, we're going to meet over the lunch hour or some, and then we're going to meet in the evening times, and we're going to walk through this process. We're going to talk about marriage. We're going to talk about leadership in the church. We're going to look at doctrine and all these sorts of things. And so these guys started um, not being able to come to the meetings on a somewhat regular basis. And so they missed a few of the meetings. And so just what the process wasn't going the way it needed to go. Then then I thought, okay, well, let's take an elder retreat. And so we took an elder retreat. And so we, you know, basically was to try to to learn each other's stories, to get to know each other, to kind of understand, you know, how God moved in our life, how did he not move, you know, where do we struggle, family background, all those sorts of things. So that, that part, we actually, that was pretty decent. But here's what was going on in my life at this time. My son and his wife and their two kids and their dog moved in our basement. Oh, okay. All right. Previously, my brother-in-law, um, because his he's a pilot and his job had folded in Kansas City, so he had lived in our basement uh, for a year and a half. So he, yeah. he moves out. There's a span time frame. We start replanting the church. His wife comes down with leukemia and is battling leukemia. She passes away. My son and his family move in our basement. We're four years into the, the replant at this time. Oh, year four. We struggled. I was diagnosed with depression. And was it was like if I could just preach a sermon, yeah, I would count that as a victory. Yeah, right. So I'm desperately needing guys to help shoulder the way of leading this church. Yeah, and I mean, like literally, you feel like I, I've been there. You, you feel like I can't, I can't go on. There ha- there has to be somebody else who will help shoulder this. Mm-hmm. And it, I have to. I don't. I don't care what the qualifications are. I sure. don't care. Yeah. Just. I mean. I don't somebody has got to help here. Mm-hmm. And, I mean, I get it. Mm-hmm. So <clears throat> I, we were closer in the sense that, that these guys had, uh, they were good leaders. They were um, they were smart. They were sharp. They were respected, the congregation. But there were some issues that were going on behind the scenes that I you know, can't disclose with, with each of these guys in terms of, you know, some stuff that they were going through. And I, I was a wreck, and I was just, exhausted and depressed and in trouble. And I remember we were having a budget meeting to talk about the budget. And these guys were just, they were kind of finishing up the elder process. They were they were just about to be installed. We were including them in the meetings that, that helped them understand just the dynamics of the church. And I remember trying to stand at a whiteboard and talk about the budget in a way that made sense. And it was one, have you ever had one of those those meetings where you realize I, I am not making sense at all? Yeah. And you're trying to you're trying to think logically. You're trying to you, you just but you're not making sense. And it was like the depression and everything going on my son and their family living in the basement and losing my sister in law. You know, all all stuff. So I was just a wreck. Yeah. And I remember that meeting. And one of the guys um, that ended up leaving got really frustrated with me and angry at me. Yeah. Yeah. I've been and in that meeting. <laughs> I was just like. And so I just sat down and and I remember um, I just remember saying, man. Explaining my dyna- the dynamics of my life, the situation, and saying, "Man, I am not in a good place." Similarly, shortly after that, we had another meeting with with the guys that were in the process. We we're including them, trying to get them uh, onboarded. We were talking about vision and where the church needed to go. And one of the other guys who eventually ended up dropping out was just like, um, "Where do you want to go? Where, where where are we going? What are we doing here?" And my vision for that time was just try to survive. Yeah. And so I believe in a plurality of elders that the and I think some some people have the opinion that the pastor is like the first among equals as the lead elder. He's the guy that has the vision, you know, uh, and then he just rallies and convinces the other guys to follow him. That's kind of the quarterback. Right. This is the play we're running. Here we go. Right. Right. Um, I think that's 
you can do it that way. Yeah. Uh, and some people do that way and they're very effective. The the way that I think about it is is we're a band of brothers. Yep. And we're all in this together and that when there's a man down, we don't leave him on the battlefield and get mad at him for being down. Right. Right. We put our arms around him, we drag him back to the line, yeah. uh, from the line, we help him get what he, you know, he's been wounded, he's been hurt, we, he's trying to figure some things out. And that's going to happen to anybody who's in a pastoral role or an elder role. I don't yeah. care who you are. Yeah. Um, and so the other guy was frustrated with me because I was just like, just was like, guys, I am, my vision is to basically, if I can preach on Sundays and survive in this season, that's about all I got right now. And so yeah. I need your help. And so he he disagreed. It was kind of one of those words. There's expectation, like you're the leader, you got to be up speed. So and I get it. Both of them just kind of they came from a different culture. One was a, a military guy. One was a business guy. And so there's always a the guy in charge, right? And yeah. so uh, this idea of us leading together and praying about the vision and discussing the vision together just was not a resident in those two guys. Yeah, I, I remember uh, on a Wednesday night when I was in deep dark depression, and I mean I'm just. I'm barely pushing through. It was the worst Wednesday night of my life. <laughs> Another episode, I'll go into why it was the worst Wednesday night of my life. There was this question that was asked as part of it. What is what is your next step of obedience was part of the discussion that we were having. Yeah, a good question. And uh, a church member looked at me and goes, Pastor, what's your next step of obedience? With no filter... Because I was, I was just so depressed. I was not mentally strong. I literally looked at this lady and I said, my next step of obedience is not resigning tomorrow. Mm. Let's pray. <laughs> yeah, that's a, that's a big <laughs> statement hanging yeah. out there. Yeah, and I just closed in prayer. Look, I closed. I was so done. Man, huh. I closed in prayer and went back to my office. Yeah. And just set my, like, so done. And it was around one of those times when with our elders, we had had one of those meetings, man, where everything I was doing was wrong. Yeah. And I, I felt, I've never felt more alone in my whole life. And so, man, I'd have given anything to have someone help carry that burden at that time. Mm -hmm. And I think that's, elders are supposed to shepherd the flock of God together and cooperate together. And oftentimes that means, I think, praying together, discerning together, discussing together. Yeah. And not waiting for it. You know, as the vocational guy, as yeah. the guy with the title, with the role, you're going to have to bring some leadership and initiative to it. I'm not saying that. Yeah. But there are times when, when I don't care who the pastor is, they're going to struggle. And the key for me in, in that situation was I didn't have guys who would allow me to struggle. Yeah. It, was, it was okay for them to struggle. But it was no okay for you, me. Yeah, you to had struggle. to be. You had to be the strong leader. Yeah, I had to be strong leader. So, so fast forward, we go, we get through the process, and I know that that these two guys in particular have not participated through all the process, and I'm in a bad place, and I'm just desperate for leaders. And so, one of them ends up bailing out and just saying, you know, this is not for me. I discern this is not for me, which is great, right? If, right. And, yeah. And we want You'd rather them to, come out on the front mm -hmm. end than yeah. In the we want them to do that. So then, then we install the the other guy along with two other elders that are still on our. our elder team. And uh, I just remember that Sunday, it just felt, I was like, this is, he's not going to stick and it's not going to work. And I just felt like I was going through the motions, but it was like, we've gone so far through this process. And I was such at a weak point. It was like, I should have pulled the plug on him in particular 
and didn't. And it would have been better for him in our congregation. So what ended up happening is, you know, he got installed as an elder. Uh, they kind of gets installed as elder and just stops attending church. Yeah. <laughs> like just yeah. is infrequent and, uh. and then is, you know, can't come to meetings and some different things like that. And it's just like, oh my gosh. And again, great guy. Love the guy. Yeah. Um, still see him around some, and and so I don't harbor any kind of bitter feelings towards him. He wasn't ready. He wasn't on board. I was in a bad place, and we just were not. All of us were not in a good place, and so we ended up having one of those meetings where we got together for a meal, and it was like, yep. "Hey, bro, um, I think I'm leaving the church." So I don't. I don't know if there's a good way to tell your pastor you're leaving the church, <laughs> but I feel like. At the meal, it's like the Last Supper. Like, yeah. Right? <laughs> like, yeah. Well, you know, what I would say is like, so um, I've, I appreciated every person who told me in, in person. Right. I want to know. Yeah. I want you to tell me in person. Mm-hmm. I've had people ghost me. Oh, yeah. I've had people that I'm talking, we were super close and I felt like everything was great. Yes. And then just like they disappeared off the face of the earth mm-hmm. and they won't answer my phone calls or, or text messages. To the, there, there's a couple to, to this day. I have no idea why. Like, they were my biggest supporters. Yeah. I thought, and then just disappeared. Yeah. What are some lessons you've learned that you could pass on that a guy doesn't have to go through what you went through? So a couple things I, I think is one, go slow, and I know that's counterintuitive because you need leaders. It's so hard to do. Slow just means you're giving yourself time to get to know each other. The other thing yeah. I would say is um, give them some weight to bear yeah. uh, while you're examining them through the elder process. That's good. Because some, some guys want to be elders because they just want to give advice, yeah. uh, and they don't want to be elders and lift the weight of ministry. One of the best pieces of advice anybody ever gave me on this subject was never install anyone as an elder or a deacon that doesn't already live that out. Yep. The, the title shouldn't bring the responsibility. The title should basically just affirm who they already are um, and what they're already doing. So if you know if they're inactive and they're not doing stuff, but they're just a sharp guy, um, but they're not doing anything, then they don't they don't need leadership. Absolutely. The other thing I would say is spend time together as families. So that That's means good. spouses and kids and like time. You really get to know somebody when you're hanging out with them and yep. spend time with them. So yep. I think through the process, as you're getting to know somebody as a potential candidate, have them over for dinner, go over to their house for dinner and watch how they interact with their spouse. Watch how their spouse interacts with, you know, your spouse and other yeah. people. And then also watch how they parent. Right? Yeah. So do they correct their kids? Do they, are their kids respectful? You know, all those sorts of, because I mean, that's the real test of an elder is like, how does he lead his own home? Yeah. And so I would think that, that uh, you got to pay attention to that. And looking at that, um, if I were going back and thinking about that, I could see some things that would cost me uh, some red red flags. One of the things I guess, too, would just say um, give them an area of ministry to lead. You know, we talked about bearing heavy weight, but give them something to lead, see if they can lead it and lead other people. Yeah. And, uh, and so, we, you know, we're talking about elders lead by leading, uh, deacons lead by serving. Right. But an elder still has to lead those who serve the church. And so I would want to see that. And then I, I think the other thing I would say is if you have pause or a question, man, just tap the brakes, push pause and just yeah. say, hey, I'm just here's some reasons why I'm concerned. I think those are some things. And then obviously praying through the whole process and praying along with your spouse, because your spouse is a good person to see things that you're not seeing. Mm-hmm. And oftentimes my wife would pick up on things that I, uh, and she would say something, I might not listen to her fully on that. And I think I would go back and listen to her. Those are some lessons I think in, in by way of kind of thinking through, if I could go back and do it again, I would have not selected some of these guys based on the things that I just told you. So I think the culmination for me being feeling like this was stupid was that I just ignored some of the warning signs, 
didn't give it the time, yep. didn't push pause when I should have pushed pause. And thankfully, somehow, the church survived uh, installing six elders in the span of two years and losing four of them. Oh, man. I'm thankful they've survived. And, and the guys yeah. we have, we have three elders on board uh, now, including myself. And, man, they're good brothers and they're good men. And I'm thankful. What were some resources you would recommend that a guy look into for for wanting to build this team? Yeah, so Biblical Eldership by um, Alexander Strock is a really good one. The book on elders from Nine Marks is, is really good. I think those are probably the two ones that we we use the most. We use the Nine Marks one for guys that aren't readers. It's it's enough information. It's You can go to the scriptures and you can walk through that. I think that's, yeah. that's perfect. So we use that one. We also used uh, something called the Trellis and the Vine that talked about yeah. how you work What's the structure in the church and what are elders doing and how do yeah. they do that? I think that whole thing has to be a very slow process. You can't go in tomorrow and change a church from deacon-led, committee-led to elder-led, install six elders and have, <laughs> have, and have a strong elder team. Absolutely. I, mean, I feel like that's a six, seven-year process. Yeah. I guess, you know, that makes me think about, too, I, I think you you probably shouldn't install an elder as an elder unless you've had a disagreement or a conflict with them. Mm, that's good, yeah. Um, that's something I just overlooked. And I think if you yeah. can have a disagreement or a conflict with an elder and you can your relationship can stand, stand that yeah. and you still can stay unified, yeah. uh, that's huge. Your stupid story wasn't as uh, <laughs> as stupid as mine. You didn't involve any chainsaws. Uh, or I don't know, man. It was, I felt pretty stupid. <laughs> well, we want to thank our sponsor, 180 Digital. Does your church need a new website or logo? 180 is the ministry partner you need to help move your church. They've been working with churches and businesses for over 10 years and have solutions for churches both big and small. They also offer support options to help you run your website. Go to 180digital.com to learn more, and they are still holding a special for Replant Bootcamp podcast listeners only. 20% off any website or branding project. You just got to let them know that you're one of our listeners. 